Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Lead Hership Global Podcast. I have to tell you, I am so excited about today's conversation about how powerful women speak in public. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Laura Penn. She is a public speaking coach who specializes in transforming leaders and change makers into speakers who are authentic, accessible, and memorable. You know, powerful female speakers are distinctive in their presence. The way they enter the stage with confidence, enthusiasm, their shoulders are held upright and they have a sense of calm on their face. Their presence is communicated not only by their words, but through the clothes they wear, their grooming, their makeup, their accessories. They look polished, they look professional, and they radiate credibility. They radiate confidence. They literally embody leadership and authenticity. And you feel safe and guided in their capable hands when you're listening to them. Powerful women bring their messages to life through their presence, through their voice, their body language. Now, imagine a world where these remarkable leadership speaking skills are part of every single woman's communication toolbox, where perhaps from a very early age, every woman has learned how to switch on her presence, speak with a free and versatile voice, and take up space in front of others. Well, that's exactly what Dr. Laura Penn helps women do. She helps them free their voices and not be restrained by tension, fear, overthinking. She's helped leaders and change makers from around the world conscientiously tap into their boundless potential and access their authentic leadership. So today we're gonna to talk with Laura about women and public speaking. We're gonna dive deep into understanding how women are showing up in front of audiences and how you can cultivate a really powerful presence. We're gonna pull back the curtain to reveal how to elevate your leadership speaking to the very highest levels. Now. Before we jump in, let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. Laura Penn. Laura specializes in transforming leaders and change makers from the world's most well-known companies, organizations, academic institutions into speakers who are authentic, accessible, but importantly, memorable. She empowers them to be themselves, but to take up space and to enjoy the experience of speaking so that they can meaningfully co connect with their audiences and bring their messages to life. Laura is a three-time TEDx speaker. She's been featured on the very prestigious TED.com stage, and she's an award-winning international speaker, author, and the founder of the Leadership Speaking School based in Switzerland, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And Dr. Penn is absolutely passionate about disrupting the status quo for how we speak in front of audiences. 
Laura, I am so delighted to welcome you to the stage today. Thank you. It's such a privilege to be here on the Leadership Global Stage, Linda. I can't wait Thank for our you. conversation. Thank you so much. So Laura, to begin today, tell us a little bit about your journey. What's led you to have such passion around transforming leaders into dynamic, powerful speakers? Yeah, it's not a linear path. This is a path that I'm sure a lot of women and a lot of your listeners on this podcast can relate to that, you know, you have one plan and then it might not go according to plan and you change. That's sort of the story here. And to make this story come alive, let me just take you down into the path, into the journey of my childhood, where everything I did was related to performing. I'm a natural performer, specifically I dance. Turn on music when I was a child and I'd be one of those kids saying, look at me, I'm bopping around with tinsel in her hair. And this performance mindset, which was of course unconscious, really led me to seek stage time everywhere. And I got all the way into high school. I attended a very specialized high school in New York City for the humanities and the performing arts were a very big part of this. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna be a stage person. I'm gonna go into theater, I'm gonna do dance, this is it. But then I had a light bulb moment in my early teens, actually my early, let's say my late teens, because I was 18. And I really felt like I needed to go into something that was more meaningful. This was the environment. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go into the environment. And I studied biology in college. And the beautiful thing about liberal arts is that you can be a biology major, but be in the dance company at the same time. So that was still happening, but now I was going into science. And you should know that along this journey, in addition to the performing, in addition to the science, I was teaching. So teaching is in my blood. It goes all the way back into my ancestors, my grandmothers, my grandmothers before my grandmothers, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm telling you all this because this is all leading to sort of a, an apex, which happened in 2009 when I moved to Switzerland, having a life of globetrotting, international world, moving every two years, shifting, changing. I was at that point a fully fledged conservation biologist. I had actually left the performing arts to pursue science exclusively. And I had just finished raising for about three years, my small kids thinking, okay, now they're fine. They're all set. Mommy's going to go back to work. And I couldn't find any work. It was a dead end. And there were no interviews. There were no open doors. Everything was shut down. I was penalized for taking that time off uh, and very much felt like I had to start over again. So long story short, I was sitting in on a conference of conservation colleagues and conservation, by the way, protection of wildlife and wild places. This, this was my beating heart. And I noticed that every single person delivering a talk that day did a horrible job. They were ticking every single box of what not to do when speaking in front of audiences. And if you know anything about conservation, it's that it is a crisis discipline. You don't have time to make mistakes and mess up your talk because money for funding nature reserves or protecting species is on the line. Stakeholders' attention, all of these elements, you need to grab it and you need to grab it fast. So I thought to myself there and then, I've got a toolbox to help my colleagues promote conservation through effective public speaking. So that's exactly what I went about doing, creating this, this, this source, this toolbox bringing all the elements of my life, the performance, 
the teaching, the science, all of it into this beautiful mess that became my, my, my blueprint for my company, for my business. I called myself communicating environment in the beginning. And I put all my heart in it. And it was what I was designed to do. Uh, and it was one of those things where, you know, you don't see where you're going, but you lean back and you surrender, you trust, and you connect the dots and they happen and off you go. What a beautiful story of being led by your heart, seeing an opportunity to lift up this movement that you're passionate about and ensure that they are making the biggest impact that they can in the work that you're passionate about, which is wildlife conservation. What a beautiful and impactful story. And I think that that's something that resonates with so many women. They may be pursuing their passion and they see an opportunity to lift up their colleagues, to advance their purpose, to somehow accelerate their success and they take that leap. What a wonderful inspiration and what a wonderful story, Laura, thank you. And you know, you've noted that the biggest gift that we can give someone is our presence. So how can you, as a woman in leadership, embody confidence and authenticity in a speaking role so that people listen to you? And when they listen to you, they feel safe and they feel guided in your capable hands as the speaker. Yeah, beautiful question, Linda, thank you. Look, all this begins from the inside out. I feel that a fundamental flaw in most public speaking training is that it's an outside in approach, which is sort of like a Band-Aid solution. So, you know, I speak too fast. What's the solution? Uh, I don't pause enough. What's the solution? I don't know what to do with my hands. What's the solution? It's this sort of trick pony, tips and technique approach. No, you are not going to have authentic presence with Band-Aids all over the place. You're going to have authentic presence when you have worked from the inside of you, that is your core, your essence, where the real you has come out and you've given her permission to show up. So this, Linda, is about doing the work that is personal development work, frankly. I like to say that you are only as good as, as a speaker, as the personal development work that you have done on yourself. So this problem that I see a lot of women facing is that many of them feel like they are not enough. And that is the internal conversation that they have. That is the damage, as it were, that they have going on inside. And they need to work on that conversation, the internal conversation, flipping I am not enough on its ugly face and saying I am enough. And when that is resonating in every cell in your body, when you believe that, when you've healed that for yourself, then you're on the road to showing up in your authentic presence and really making a stamp with your message, really touching the hearts and minds of your audiences with your essence. That's how this works. I love that, Laura. And I will say with Leadership Global, our tagline is leadership from the inside out, because we believe, like you, that once you understand your purpose, you need to have the confidence to boldly step into that purpose with passion, with vision, and with a commitment to the mission that you're on. 
And Laura, in your coaching, you actually help the best female speakers around the world understand that their voices are actually a formidable tool to help them reveal the meaning of their words, right? Absolutely. So they learn that through playing with the likes of volume or pausing or other verbal accents, they can actually make their words come alive. So we've talked about the difference between authentic leadership and leading from the inside out. And I don't want this to seem like just technique, just a trick, but how do you bring awareness to a speaker's use of their voice so that they can be powerful if they're on a stage? Yeah, great. You know, when I teach, I go old school. I use an old flip chart, right? With big markers. I'm like a marker flip chart nerd. And I never have one PowerPoint slide in anything I do because I really want to touch what I'm doing. I really want it to, to come from my soul. And I always draw the same picture, Linda. The picture that I draw to talk about, to begin to talk about voices is imagine a very large head, like oversized balloon head. And then imagine like a, a stick figure drawing of a little body. And the proportions are crazy. The head is too big and the body's too small. So this is kind of the launch pad for understanding the voice, that the voice in most of our professional cases as women, we are working, we've got the same monologue, we're doing the same stuff. We've created this kind of habit for ourselves and our voices have kind of stayed in this vocal range and we don't go up or down out of that range very much anymore. And that big head is our knowledge. We are talking from a knowledge point of view. Yeah, we're showering our audiences with the facts the bullet points, the figures, the equations. That creates a voice that is trapped. And what you need to do to begin vocal work is you need to pay attention to that little body. You need to wake your body back up because it's sleeping. And chronically in our age of COVID, Zoom call conversations and online meetings, we really have disconnected our bodies from our heads. So we literally are talking heads at this point with a monotone, flat voice, with no engagement of the body because the body is sitting still and in lockdown. And a really deep understanding of this idea is that what your body does, your voice does. So if you're in lockdown physically, your voice is also in lockdown. So that's where you begin with vocal work. You have to open the body back up again. You have to get grounded and think, where are my feet? Where are my knees? Let me feel what it feels like to walk. I do a lot of movement. Coming from my dance background, I am moving everybody. And people literally have been sleeping. Their bodies have been sleeping. I love sleeping. that. So and my job is to wake them back up. Brings that actually brings me to my next question because you're talking about waking the body up and movement on stage. And you know, Laura, you've noted that a woman in her power on stage is steady on her feet. Her gestures are open and, and she moves with purpose and her movements look natural, relaxed, flowing, but she has a really strong mind-body connection and she can effortlessly sort of adjust her physical vocabulary to suit any purpose or any situation. And that does come back to being grounded in your body. So can you offer a few examples of this and how it might manifest on the stage? Yeah, I've got to admit to you that I look in horror 
at female speakers who are wearing really high heels, right? I, I see them. They look amazing. Don't get me wrong. Rock and roll. But then I'm thinking, man, they're got to be struggling with how they're grounded right now because you cannot be grounded unless your foot is on the floor. So a manifestation of grounding is the feet are on the floor. You've done a warm up. I say a minimum of 15 minutes of warming up. You're listening to your favorite music on your Spotify sound, you know, playlist. You have done what you need to do to get a vertical center. This is that steadiness where you feel connected to the floor. You've done this work and then you can come out on stage if it's virtual or live, it doesn't matter. You're coming out in front of your audience and you really are connected to your feet and to your knees and you're aware of it. So, so much of effective leadership speaking is to be aware of your internal conversation. You can't be elastic and fantastic unless you're awake to what is happening, right? What your hips are doing at any moment, how fast you're breathing, what the temperature of your skin is. You need this sort of ninja level personal self-awareness in order to work in this space. So you've switched that on and you've got yourself grounded. You are not wearing heels. You have shoes that connect you to the floor. I'm not talking about sneakers. And, you know, you really, you, you need to care about that. You also need to care about the rest of your outfit. When I see tight skirts or spanks, which you can't see, but you know somebody's wearing them because you're a lady and you know what's going on. You know, when I see these sorts of things on women, I'm thinking you cannot be freeing your voice. You cannot feel grounded. You cannot move in your authentic presence. Am I saying look like, you know, you're wearing a potato sack? No, but I am saying make very conscious choices about the outfit that you are wearing so that your body can move freely and your air can circulate through your body. If not, it's another X in the box of how not to speak in front of audiences. Brilliant. I love this idea of ninja level self-awareness of your body, your voice, your connection. It's that whole sort of uh, bringing awareness to the mind-body connection and allowing yourself to effortlessly adjust your physical vocabulary to suit any purpose, any situation, but that all begins with what you said, which I love ninja level self-awareness of your body yeah so black belt i love that that's just so memorable and i just i'm going to take that with me for sure so laura if a leader wanted to begin to cultivate a more powerful presence on stage even on a zoom call in a meeting in a negotiation then how would you recommend that they even begin that first step they begin that journey how do they use their voices? How do they speak body language? How do they cultivate that confidence and that assurance so that when the spotlight is on them, they absolutely take up that space and they fill it with their presence? Mm, first of all, that's making my mouth water because I'm seeing that full picture in front of me and what that looks like and what that feels like from the perspective of A, being that speaker. When that, that's happening to you, you are alive. You've got a sense of your heartbeat. You feel connected to yourself and to the audience. That is what life is about. And then for the audience, Linda, your audience is vibrating with you. 
it's a conversation in nonverbal gestures of smiles and clapping and awake eyes. And what your audience gives you in that nonverbal communication, you return to them in spades with your commitment to making a connection to them. So back to the question, really all of this begins, and it might sort of deflate, <laughs> deflate the listeners a little bit, because there's no easy answer here. I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, you can, you know, in two weeks you can do that. And no, this is a commitment of a journey. Yeah. The journey begins like the journey of a seed. Imagine a seed that falls from the mother tree and it is now in the ground. That seed most likely has some sort of hard casing around it. And using this metaphor, a person being that seed is asleep. And you cannot begin this kind of work if you're asleep. What does asleep look like? Asleep is you are not aware of your audience when they are communicating non-verbally to you, that they're slouched and look bored to tears, that they're not interested in what you're saying. You're not aware of that. Asleep looks like you don't ask for feedback because you think you know it all already. You've been doing this. I get this all the time. I've been doing this for the past 25 years. I don't need your help. Then I think to myself, you're asleep, babe. Right? That's what asleep looks like. So the first step is to wake up. And that awakening is usually, and the people that, that contact, contact me on my kind of, you know, 911 phone <laughs> urgently are the people who are like, I just had this horrible experience and I refuse to do that again. Or another thing that a lot of women and female leaders say to me is, you know, I've reached this position or I'm going into a new position and I want to be ready. I want to be ready and elevated for this next level. Take me there, right? So that's being awake. That's the first ingredient. You're awake. So that seed now is not closed in a hard casing. It's opened. And you and I both know what happens next in the evolution of a seed. And being a biologist, I've got to bring in some nature here. All right? So then the sprout comes out and is seeking the light. Yeah? As a woman in leadership wanting to do this work, that seeking is about where are the people who are doing what I want to do five years from now? Who are my role models? Who do I want to end up like? You find your gurus. You begin to follow those gurus. You get a hold of their thought leadership. You listen to every podcast they've ever been on. You buy the book, do whatever you need to do, become obsessed. Once you've identified that guru, you're working from this place of imitation initially. You're starting to imitate. You've got a little notebook. You've got, you know, points that you've written out. Every time you give a presentation, you're writing out what worked and what didn't. Every time you hear a great quote or somebody says something amazing, you write it down. This is a collection place for you, this, this book. And you're using that book as sort of your buddy as you're talking. You're inspired by what your guru is doing. You're imitating. And eventually, through this imitation, through that sprout coming up, getting the nourishment of the sun, the water, the nutrients in the soil, that's the, the metaphor that we're still using. That's happening. Eventually, you break through the soil, and there you are, your own little stalk. And now, instead of needing the imitation, you can start to innovate. You can be like, okay, well, I'm here, <laughs> looking around. Which way is the sun? Which way do I turn? 
And you begin to try things out. And here's the next critical component. You need stage time. You need to be saying yes to every single opportunity where you can speak in front of audiences. You say, yes, I'll do that. Staff update. Yes, I'll be on that podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Every time you are saying yes, you are giving yourself an opportunity to practice the tools that you've learned from your guru and innovate with the tools so that you make them your own. And that's the story. That's the journey from that hard casing to opening, to growing, to coming out, and to expanding. That's why this is a journey. That's why this is an inside out situation. That's why this takes time and you need a commitment to do it. I love the following quote, Linda, which is, if you do something part-time, you get part-time results. However, if you do something full-time, you get full-time results. Now, both you and I know, and all your listeners on this podcast understand what that means. You make a choice about how intensely you want to show up to this experience. That's right. Laura, I love this because your metaphor of being on a journey and sprouting to me resonates with this principle that we hold at Leadership Global, which is all about lifelong learning. The most inspiring leaders that I have ever come into contact with and had the privilege and honor of getting to know they all were firmly dedicated in this idea of lifelong learning. So no matter what their title was, no matter what their achievements and accomplishments look like, they still understood that, listen, there's something always to move towards, to improve, to enhance, to experience anew. And so what I would say is the experience that you just beautifully described for us in terms of becoming a formidable public speaker is true in all aspects of life. So Laura, I have to say, you, you initially suggested that women begin to notice those around them that can be captivating, compelling, engaging speakers and they look for inspiration from those women. They model themselves after that. What are some of the best examples of women in public speaking that you've come across and you would recommend that we check out? Yeah, I've got a two-part answer here. On the one hand, I'll give you my gurus. On the other hand, I'll give you my biggest, biggest guru. So the general gurus for me, I cannot resist Maya Angelou. Everything she says, her voice, her body, her hair, her everything just speaks to me. And when I'm that age, I want to be just like Maya Angelou. Another woman who is irresistible to me, who I obsess about in terms of what her thought leadership is, what her podcasts are, how she speaks. And she's, she's got a lot of material. This is none other than Oprah Winfrey. You know, you can go way back. <laughs> and just... I can, and I have, I've just really absorbed and studied, but I didn't, I didn't stay in that imitation phase very long. I'm all about like, you know, what feels right for me. Like I'll get inspired and I'll kind of do my thing, which leads me to my biggest guru of all. The biggest guru of all for me is the version of myself 10 years from now. Love that. Yeah. That's the woman I want to be. That is 
the, the space I want to fill, the shoes I want to walk in. And I have a regular ritual with myself and my older self. And that is once a month, we have a coffee. <laughs> and I literally sit at the table outside in my garden. Um, we're hanging out. And she's telling me about what she's done to get where she is. And I listen and I absorb and I thrive in her presence and I aim, I aim there. And the beauty and the frustration of speaking to her is that I'll never catch up to her. She will always be 10 years ahead. But the invitation to have her as a constant companion whenever I want her and to be inspired by her endlessly is food for the soul. I love that, Laura. That is beautiful. And of course, the first two women that you noted, Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey, no one could argue that they are inspiring leaders, captivating speakers, incredible women that all of us would do well to be aware of and be inspired by. But the fact that your most important guru is yourself 10 years from now, that is absolutely mind-blowing and so right on. That's where you can develop your own authentic voice because you're seeing yourself where you envision your mission, your vision, your purpose 10 years from now. That's beautiful. So that brings me to our last question, which is about leadership advice. Laura, along your journey, you certainly have worked with incredibly inspiring leaders, incredibly capable speakers. What is the best leadership advice that you've ever received that you'd like to share with our audience? Mm, I'd have to say the best advice is say yes. You know, I tapped into that earlier. But when you say yes, you don't even know what's going to happen, <laughs> right? You can't plan for it. You can't figure it out. You can't even write a to-do list about what's going to happen. Amazing miracles happen that are unpredictable and that take you to the next level when you say yes. So for me, that's, that's the golden basket of leadership advice. And just one more piece there that, you know, fear, all walls are built out of fear. And if you've got walls up and fear is guiding your heart, you'll say no. But if you bring those walls of fear down and step into the land of courage, step into your heart space and say, yes, you're trusting. The opposite of fear is trust. You're trusting that it's going to be all right. Watch what happens. Your life will change and the people around you's lives will change. That is just beautiful, Laura. I love that. What a privilege and what an honor to speak to you over the last 30 minutes. I tell you, my cup is full and overflowing with inspiration, with wisdom, with incredible insight. And I am so grateful for your willingness to share so generously such words of wisdom, such incredible inspiration. And thank you, Dr. Laura Penn, for spending time with us at the Lead Hership Global Podcast. The privilege was mine. Thank you so much. And I really care about all of you ladies out there doing what you're meant to do here on this planet. Life is short. Start saying yes. 
start sprouting and live your best life. I love that. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.